Here it is, the Pistons Pod, with your host, Matt Derry. And a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year, everybody. It is the Pistons Pod. Pistons in full swing here, four games in, and we'll talk about it. The start to the season is the regular season. Now it's kicked off with a couple of weeks. And we'll talk about it with Tim McCormick from Fox Sports Detroit, Pistons Live analyst on the pregame, halftime, and postgame shows. You see him with Grant Long, etc. Tim, of course, a star at Clarkston High in Michigan, former NBA player. And we'll talk uh, about the team and its start to the season with Tim coming up uh, momentarily. Uh, we thank you for listening and joining us here, whether you're finding us on Pistons.com or wherever you find your podcast. Pistons will be back at it on Friday night, a little Friday, Sunday a double dip with the Boston Celtics. Celtics will come to town for two. And, of course, with, with COVID and, and the contact tracing and, and everything else, the league is taking all precautions. So with the schedule, there are some back-to-backs with teams in your city. The Celtics played back-to-backs in Indianapolis this week, and now they'll come to Detroit for a Friday 7 o'clock start and then a Sunday 3 o'clock start as the Pistons still in search of that first win after uh, Tuesday night's loss at LCA to Golden State, 116-106. to 106. But some positive things certainly to take out of it. You're seeing some of the young kids get opportunities down the stretch in games. And look, there are so many blowouts around the NBA right now. A lot of games, if you watch the TNT games on Tuesday, a lot of games uh, you know, done in the third quarter. The Pistons have been in every game. It's come down to the wire. You saw the Cleveland game that went overtime. Um, uh, the game in Atlanta where the Pistons fought back and made it a one-possession game late. And then again last night... Just too much Steph Curry knocking down 30-footers and, and, the, and the injury, of course, to Blake Griffin. It sustained a uh, elbow to the chops. They put him in concussion protocol. And uh, check out Keith Langloy and his work at Pistons.com for more information on, on Blake's status moving forward. And also Killian Hayes, a little sprained ankle um, as well. But the team fought hard. And what can you say about the performances of some of the young guys? And Jeremy Grant, too. Let's start with him. It's a top 25 score in the league right now, averaging 23 points per game. Back-to-back 27-point games for Jeremy. And uh, last night in 37 minutes, uh, knocked in 27 points to go along with seven rebounds, three steals, and uh, a couple of blocked shots. And I know we're going to talk about it with Tim, but Isaiah Stewart coming off the bench. Big guy, providing a lot of fun minutes, uh, energy. Again, it's a young team. This is a, this is a, you know, a, a retool and you're mixing in Blake Griffin before the injury last night, and, and Derrick Rose came back last night with 15 points. Uh, they've been fun to watch. I don't think there's any question about it. All right, our guest today, you see him on Fox Sports Detroit's coverage of the uh, Pistons uh, pre- and post-game shows, and, of course, on at the half as well. After the Pistons lost to the Warriors last night to drop into 0-4, let's talk to our buddy Tim McCormick, who, of course, also does college games for NBC Sports. You've seen him on ESPN as well. Timmy Mack, always a pleasure. Great to talk to you, Diesel, and I'm just so pleased to have a chance to watch NBA basketball with, with the, all that we've gone through, with the challenges the players have faced. Um, a lot of credit to the coaches and the administrators and the players for for doing a good job watching their business now. I mean, the fact that we played so many games already with only one postponement, uh, I think it's a, a real testament to the league. Adam Silver, Michelle Roberts, and the players. You you worked closely for a long time with the players with your work in the players association. How how tough is it to to really throw a curveball at their routine and for them to be jogging up and down the floor with nobody in the stands? 
Yeah, it's difficult, and and it really puts the onus on the players to to be disciplined and exhibit their character and their decision making because this thing is fragile. And the fact that that the players have rules, they have restaurants they can go to, they can't go to bars and nightclubs. Um, they they are one hundred percent taking care of their business. They they go to the gym, they get their work done, they go to the game, and they play hard. They 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 really. Um, are protecting their families and their teammates and their organizations and the game that they love so much. So kudos to the players. They're doing a really good job, and I'm proud of them. So I talked before you came on about this 0-4 start. The Pistons have been in every game. I know you watch a lot of games and you see the box scores. There's a lot of blowouts to start this season. What what, what do you take of this start uh, by Detroit and this young team? It's a challenge when you consider the fact that you had the draft and then free agency, and then getting ready for training camp and exhibitions all within four and a half weeks. And so I was concerned coming in that players might get some, some extra injuries because they didn't have the, the longer training camp to kind of ease their way in. It was, you know, get in shape as fast as you can and start playing games. And there have been a few injuries, but for the most part, I, th- I think that the smart the start has been as smooth as you could have ever expected or hoped for. With that being said, like you said, the losses have piled up to start the year. It's very, very early. Um, But I think that a lot of the fans, and I know you and Grant Long have talked about it, they kind of want to see these young guys. In the last couple of games, they've been thrown right in the fire and in the mix late in games. I like what Dwayne Casey has done. He, He always emphasizes compete level, which I love that term. And it means that we're going to play hard. We're going to try to win games. But he also knows that he, he's the steward of, of Piston basketball moving forward. And so his job is to make sure that the young guys are all getting a chance to learn and showcase themselves. You know, for Killian Hayes, back-to-back nights, you're going head-to-head with Trey Young and Steph Curry. It doesn't get any better than that. And I know his night was cut short last night against the Warriors because of a tweaked ankle, but you know he, he learned what he needed to learn. And then Isaiah Stewart, I love his approach. He's a, he's a, a macho player. He he's the kind of guy that you hate to play against because he's just relentless and he's physical. Um, I think on the show last night I used the term that he has a Rodman like love of pursuing the basketball, and he has a Ben Wallace toughness and strength. So he, his future is bright. And then. Sadiq Bey, 11 points in nine first-half minutes. Um, didn't do a lot in the second half, but those guys are growing quickly. And when you consider all of the players on this roster that are below 24 years of age, the, the, the future should be really bright. Tim McCormick with us, Pistons Live uh, NBA analyst on Fox Sports Detroit. You see him with Grant Long and the crew uh, after, uh, before, during, and after the games. And, of course, uh, Tim with a, a terrific NBA career as well. Tell me about how you – so you have to play all these kids. You you want to see what they can do. They are so young. And you mentioned before a lack of really a, a lengthy training camp, no summer league. Uh, how, how tough is this uh, ship to kind of steer for Dwayne Casey with everything around him? Well, Matt, when, when I look back at my experience as a rookie, uh, it was long, long ago, and training camps were brutal and long and, and two-a-days and, and – it was really something different uh, than what they do today. But I was drafted on June 20th, 1984. And so I had the benefits of summer league 
and individual workouts with coaches and slowly getting acclimated to my new city. I got a chance to meet the veterans and, and watch them work out. I, I worked with the strength and conditioning coaches. And then training camp and exhibition season was a full month of games and practice. And so by the time that, that I got to my first NBA game, I, I had been training and, and working and preparing specifically for NBA basketball for three months. For these guys, they, they just basically figured out who was their new team, who was their coach, and, and they could look at the roster, and all of a sudden they're in training camp and going against some of their heroes and legends. So I think it's a, a really, really difficult challenge for these young guys to, to get into their, their, their rookie season. June 20th, 1984, that like rolled off the tongue. You had that date right in your head. Yeah, that was that was one of the most uh, thrilling days of my life to become an NBA player. I love it. That is so cool. Tell me about um, watching Jeremy Grant play. I, I know the motor is there. He, he, he's, he's scoring the basketball. And, you know, here in Detroit, we don't get to see a ton of the Nuggets, you, can, you know, if they're playing late night or whatever. But, man, what a, what a, uh, what a find by, by Troy Weaver so far. I am. I think it's it's a great pickup, and I am. I watched Denver a lot last year just because I really appreciate the way that they play. Nikola Jokic and 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 you know the 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 whole depth of guards that they have. Jamal Murray is such a beautiful player. Um, so when I watched them, I really noticed that that Jeremy Grant was a spot up shooter. He he stayed in the wing. He stayed in the corner and waited for the ball to come to him. I've seen a complete transformation, and to me it happened in Atlanta. He, he became a driver, slasher, attacker of the rim, and he had 27 points and he had 27 last night, and, and if he continues that, he's going to be a number one option on this team. He, he's really evolved his game. We already knew that he was long and athletic. He could defend multiple positions. He, he's a shot blocker, a rim protector. He's he, he can do a lot of different things. But if you add a consistent driving attack mode to his perimeter game, then you've got a complete player that you can build around in the future. Is it almost like Troy maybe took a look at some guys and said, all right, Josh Jackson, like you said, had to stand in the corner in Phoenix and Memphis. Jeremy Grant had to do the same thing in Denver, just based on the system and, and, and the players around him. And now, you know, we saw the drive, uh, uh, the glasser that Jackson hit um, uh, in Atlanta, like you mentioned the other night, in the fourth quarter. Same thing for Jeremy Grant. It's almost like these guys just needed an opportunity to touch the basketball late in games. It, it is. And the, the fun thing for me is the last couple of years, I felt that the Pistons offensively were extremely stagnant. The, the driving lanes weren't there. And I'm not blaming him, but Andre Drummond was just, you know, he was block to block. He was he was right in the rim. And that, that means that the opponent's defender, their shot blocker, was right at the rim too. And so those, those driving lanes were just not as prevalent. Now all of a sudden, Mason Plumlee has done a, a really nice job of opening the court. He's a, a willing passer. He's a great screen setter. And, and the guys seem to really like to play for him. When Plumlee gets the ball, you can just see guys are making super hard cuts because they know if they get a half a, half a, a step on their defender, they're going to get layups out of it. So I, I do think that there's some, some real growth that we can see out of this offense. Tim McCormick with us, Fox Sports Detroit, the Pistons analyst. 
How difficult? Maybe it's not so difficult, but here, you know, Blake Griffin and, and Derek Rose are, are certainly veterans surrounded by a lot of young kids. And, of course, we hope Blake is okay after the concussion protocol from last night. Derek Rose did not play a couple nights ago. Last night was out there certainly logging a lot of minutes with the injury to, to Killian Hayes. But um, take me through what you think is going through their minds as, as veterans as part of this sort of reload uh, downtown. Well, I was curious because – in Atlanta, we, we complemented the the aggressiveness and the sharing of the basketball, high assists, low turnovers. The offense looked really good. So after the game, I made the point. I'm, I'm very anxious to see what happens when Blake and D. Rose are back because they are both dominant players, dominant personalities. It will be really easy for their teammates to defer. Uh, you, you could see it in some of the exhibition games that Killian Hayes – when he caught the ball, he was looking to see where Rose and Griffin were before he was looking to make a move. And and so last night, there were a couple of plays that really impressed me. First of all, when Blake was in there, he played 17 minutes. He was the only starter with a positive plus minus. And he passed up shot after shot to try to make sure that the guys were involved. Um, there was a play where he shot faked at the three-point line. The defender bit. Blake was wide open for a three. Jeremy Grant at that point was one for nine from the field. Blake passed up the shot. He hit Grant perfectly. He knocked down a three, and from there, his offense exploded, and he scored 27 points. So so I, I think that Blake and Derek are going to, to really find a nice balance, too. I can get mine anytime I want because I am who I am. But I also have an obligation to make sure these young guys feel part of the offense and they're being aggressive. Yeah, Blake Griffin doesn't miss from three now. <laughs> Kid Tim, this is and yeah. Last last night he was he was two for two, so he's um, he's really really improved his shot. It's crazy to think because you know back when you played in the '80s, you mentioned and the '90s, you know, bigs were were bigs, and you obviously had a jump shot and everything else, but. The, the amount of guys now that have, have have moved their game further back, it's it's incredible. I mean, come on. We remember Blake Griffin at Oklahoma and then coming into the league being, you know, a dunk contest guy. Yeah. You know, I um, like you, I grew up a really big baseball fan. And when I was young, I was in awe of Denny McClain and Mickey Lolich. And right right through the years up to Jack Morris and, and Dan Petrie. And one thing that I always found fascinating is when a baseball pitcher – goes through as a rookie you know he is he's just throwing at 100 miles an hour and blowing people away and as they get older they get a little bit smarter and wiser they pick their spots you know their slider their curveball you know they, they they mix some other stuff in yeah and i'm seeing blake griffin do the same thing he's evolving his game and and he's 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 becoming a shooter a passer a better defender grabbing more rebounds and and so it's fun to watch Tim McCormick with me. What about psyche of young guys as as they lose games like this? And again, this team's not getting blown out. They're in every game. Uh, the energy's been good. Uh, what does that tell you about what Dwayne Casey's done so far? And like you said, what the veterans are are kind of you know how, how they're leading the younger guys. It, it's impressive what Dwayne Casey's doing. It doesn't surprise me. I'm a big fan. Um, but but the key thing to remember: what happens. Uh, in two or three weeks if they don't have success. When you look at their schedule, they've got Boston and Boston and then at Milwaukee, at Milwaukee coming up. So if 
if 0-4 turns into 0-8 and, and then you've got some really tough Western Conference teams coming up, then all of a sudden it, it's going to be more of a challenge for everybody to have that same enthusiasm. And that's where Dwayne Casey's job is going to get um, even more challenging. This is a brutal schedule. And their, their first 14 games, they've got four against Milwaukee, two against Boston, two against Miami, and a bunch of really good Western teams. So um, it there, there, there will be times the schedule gets a little bit easier, but they, they have to keep their locker room tight and make sure they take care of business. I mentioned before about all the blowouts. Did you see a reason for that early in the season? Well, part of it certainly has to do with the fact that some teams um, play deep into the bubble. Um, some teams have have um, you know approached training camp like this is uh, this is an opportunity for the vets to start to get in shape and and there's a lot of load management. Um, th- there are a lot of really good young players that went into the bubble and for three months worked really strong on their game and so they're getting better. Um, so that, that's that's part of it as well. When I think of the, the elite teams in the NBA, this is a strange year. And some of those coaches are saying, you know, we're not really as concerned about wins right now. We want long-term growth for our team. Or, you know, we might sit a couple guys. We might play a few different rotations. I, I think that's a big reason why we're seeing some blowouts. I will say this. Uh, you won't get Isaiah Stewart to sit out or, or rest for a game. That, I, I'm with you. I love watching him play already. Man, I was really intrigued with him as a selection. Um, I know he was ranked highly. I didn't see him play much at Washington, but I had heard about him, and I I did watch a little bit. And being a Syracuse guy, you know that Mike Hopkins is is his own coach, like Jim Beheim. Yeah. And and so Isaiah Stewart spent his college year in the middle of his own defense, and and I was really curious to see how that would translate. playing man-to-man defense in the NBA. And quite frankly, I'm really impressed. He, he's physical. He, he's a hard-playing guy. He keeps balls alive. And I, I can see what Troy Weaver saw in him because he's a really good prospect and will get better with that work ethic. I, I'm curious, can he make a 15-foot jump shot? If you do that, uh, then then there's a whole different level where, you, where he can reach. No question about it. All right, Tim, always love uh, visiting with you, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Diesel. Good talking to you. Tim McCormick with us, Fox Sports Detroit, NBA Pistons analyst. See him before the games, uh, halftime, and afterwards. Does a great job, Grant Long and that crew there. Love uh, Timmy uh, visiting with us here on the Pistons pod. We'll be talking to you you guys again next week right here at Pistons.com.